Okay, um, time to upload Deke's consciousness into the Reclonator, so it'll be almost done. And we are... contains jury rigged recognizers proceed to line five if episode contains a young jeff bridges can proceed line six if episode contains digital leg warmers proceed to line seven if episode contains digital comparisons between god and science proceed to line eight if episode contains idisks then listener discretion is advised end of line Episode 21. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review. This is your host, Zahn, and yes, the Decloninator is done, and who is back but... (coughs) Whoa, where the hell am I? Yes, friends, it is Deke. He has returned. The Decloninator has worked, kind of. I mean, his hair shouldn't be that color of puce, but... Hey, it works. Why do my teeth feel like batteries right now? Oh, no reason, no reason at all. You're perfectly fine. What was the last thing you remember? Uh, let's see. Hmm. I remember the Alamo. No. I remember reviewing a movie. Or no, I remember reviewing manga, hearing something... And then the next thing I know, I saw my brain splatter out of the hole in my forehead. What hole in your forehead? Whoa, it's not there anymore. Oh, the de- the the <laughs> the recloninator. Jeez, wow. So, what the fuck happened, man? Uh, nothing, nothing much, nothing much, nothing much. Also joining us today is Ash. 
Hey, Ash, how you doing? Great. Could you tell any difference between reclonated deke? No. That's good. That's good. Now, for those who don't know, Spire can decide that provides information and reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Well, if th- in this podcast, Spire can movie review, re-review movies. We pretty much will talk about a movie, tell you what it's about, how the characters are, how the, f- how the filming went, and if it's worth seeing or not seeing. You don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little bit entertaining, just a little bit. Sometimes. We have our moments anyway. Yep. And you can email us at spirekin at gmail.com. Or actually, no, not, that's wrong. You can now email us at spirekinmovie at gmail.com. Whoa, man. I get my bl- brains blown out, and all of a sudden we have a new email address? Yeah, well, we need to change it because, well, people kept sending us random things about manga questions and under movies and movies. So this way it's separated. If you have a manga question, you send it to just sparkin at gmail.com. If you have a question about movies, it's sparkinmovie at gmail.com. This will all be in the show notes, don't worry. But you can still email us at our personal email, zan at sparkin.com. Or deke.sparkin at gmail.com. Or ash.sparkin at gmail.com. Yep, or you can call us at 206-350-8462. That again is 206-350-8462. You can leave us voicemail and or you can just rant at us on there. We'll take flames. Whatever you send, we will play on air. And also, if you want to really talk to us immediately, you can also check out our forum. Spirekin.darkbb.com We have some very interesting things on there, including our current contest. Which is, well, if you heard from the last episode, our contest is going to be about, well, submit the top ten movie vehicles of all time. Remember, all the information is on the forum on what is the criteria for what is one of the great vehicles, and... And give, yeah, just, you know, tell us why it's the best fucking vehicles that you can think of. Mm -hmm. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your opinions. Remember, you have to have the four criteria. It has to be more than three sentences. It can't be just, I like this because it is a pretty color. Or I like this vehicle because it is shiny. You have to put concise four reasons and if you do send us an email, send us a vi- uh, not a video, a picture of the vehicle so we know what you're talking about. We had our first submission on the forum, but we won't spoil that just No, yet. you have to check it out at spirekin.darkbb.com We're all there and your, your submissions will be read. And also, the, we have a poll on there for its vote for the first of the 16 months for 2011. You go to the poll, you pick one, and we'll see what happens. The winner is the one with the most votes. Right now, leading is our Sword, Sorcery, and Shirtless Guys, which is a fantasy film theme month. Yeah, so, I mean, and on the flip side of the coin, if you have, uh, if you have any, like, you know, suggestions for the dodecahedron of movies... Feel free to submit them as well. Yep, we have a section which says Dodecahedron Movie Suggestion Box, or if you have a suggestion for a theme month, send it to us with 13 movies down. And you're probably wondering, why 13? The Dodecahedron is 12. Well, because if it's a month, we have to consider taking one out every time you pick one. So, 13. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense, pretty much. And, uh, so what else, what else, what else? Um, hmm... What else can we talk about? Oh, yes, we have emails this episode. Ooh, email? People have been writing us? Yes, we actually have a couple of emails. So it's pretty fun and unique that people have actually sent us shit. A lot of emails. Really? So we're going to pick, well, we'll pick three. Pick three? Pick three Three at, at random. Let's see. Yeah, okay, so we'll go with the first one now. The first one is... Hmm, okay. This is from Malcolm from PA. 
It right. is. Hey, Spyrokin guys. I was wondering when you're going to release the rest of the Spyrokin anime review episode. I really like this Perfect Blue review, even though you could have talked further about Satoshi Khan's use of the reality versus fantasy aspect of the film. And was it just me, or did Cal seem to not get the whole subtext of the movie? Either way, I can't wait for Deke's reaction slash review of Paprika, my all-time favorite anime film. I saw this in Philadelphia when it was premiering a couple years back, and it blew my mind. Truly worth checking out on the big screen. Well, either way, keep up the good work. Hope to hear from you soon. P.S. When are you going to release episode 30 of the manga review? I want to hear Fight Bait's review of Madbull and Zan's review of Path of the Assassins. Alright, so let's start off from the beginning. Now... What's going on with the parts two and three of episode nine, the Spyrokin anime review episode? Uh-huh. Well, if you remember, the first time we recorded all three episodes, well, we did one big, super long episode, what happened was, because of my own stupidity, we had some errors and the episode was lost to the to The, the ether. virtual netherworld. I mean, it wasn't like, it, like with last time when I accidentally turned off the mic when we were recording. It wasn't like that at all. Oh my god, the, the memories, oh god, when you re- uploaded my memory banks from the re- recloninator, you should have deleted that, because now I'm having angry angry spells now. Well, just relax. It's So, either way, we're fixing it up, because it is a pretty long episode, and it's pretty raw, and there was a lot of statements we made that were kind of contrary to the fact, and also... We have to re-edit some parts, so it's going to take some time, but don't worry, we're going to release it soon, before middle of January, we will have part two out, and part three out. Don't worry, I promise. And this isn't going to be like last time when I said I was going to release something and it took me nine months. We'll have it by then, I promise. You have witnesses. You have at least two. Me, me and Ash are here, and we hear you. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So. so yes. Further on, uh, what else is in this, this email here? So the other part is, when am I going to release episode 30? Well, episode 30 I have to completely re- record because it's gone. It's lost for all eternity. If you want to hear John Paul or Fightbait's review of Mad Bull 34, go to fightbait.com. He actually has his half the recording and he actually inserted my dialogue at some point. It's like, he said this at this time. Ha ha ha. Very odd. But unless I can get John Paul back on, we can record, re-record it. I doubt it because he doesn't want to go back and read Mad Bull. So... I hate it when things get lost forever. Yeah, it sucks, but oh well. So but, let's, well, let me just say, Malcolm, uh, also, uh, I have seen Paprika. The episode will be up. It will be a next, and uh, I hope we have a blast. Thanks for uh, thanks for writing. Okay. Next one is from our personal favorite forum user, Big Rick, whose real name apparently is Richard Small. <laughs> that makes total sense and doesn't at the same exact time. Yes. So, let's see what Big Rick has to say. Well, it says, Hey, Deacon Zan, hope you guys are doing good. Decided to give you a couple of lists for the Dodecahedron of movies. Tell me what you think of these movies. Okay, a couple of lists. Now, the first right, one. I love lists. Well, you read the first list. Alright, I'm going to read it in what I, I perceive Big Rick's voice to be. Alright. Alright, first list. Nurse Nancy. Strip tease. Zack and Mira make a porno. Keep on masturbating. Non-stop pleasure. Orgasmo. American Pie. Mighty Aphrodite. Sex Drive. One Night in China. One Night in Paris. And Good Luck Chuck. 
<sighs> so, Ash, what do you think about these titles? Is there anything you could... What do you, uh... Well, I see a pattern, I see a theme, but I'm not really sure what he's trying to capture. I like to masturbate. <laughs> I think that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's what he likes. He likes it. The he likes it. The big butts, or he likes. I don't know what he likes. He hasn't told us. He, I like the one night in China and then the one night in Paris. I actually love. I've seen. I've seen both. <laughs> big Rick, you're a genius and a total madman. I might add. Yes. Let's get into the next list. He has next list. Next list. How about you read it, Ash? The next list. Okay. One million BC, Paycheck, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, The Box, Cyborg, Ultraviolet, Replicant, Cloverfield, and G Savior. Hmm, that's a very different list than his first list. Yeah. You'd have thought it would have all been porn, but apparently he has. No, it's actually like uh like I can sci-fi? see his intelligence in there. Like it's like a I, I feel like I'm getting inside of Big Rick with this list. There's right a method here. to this madness. I know it's not just all titties and ass, is it, Big Rick? There is more to you than we than we know. But if you think about it like this, okay, one million BC has girls who are dressed up in that scantily clad thing. Okay, Paycheck has Uma Thurman half naked. Sky Captain has girls in that whole uh, Betty Page thingy going on. The box? Which box are you talking about? Are you talking about the one from 2007 or the 2009? Tell us. Yes. So, Get back to us. Cyborg, well, that's sweaty men, which could say something else. Ultraviolet, again, it's Milia Jolovich, and she's naked. Replicant has naked girls in it. Cloverfield, I think has a sex scene in it. Also has undead Godzilla, but... <laughs> NG Savior, well, I'm surprised you like the live-action Gundam series movie. I should hit you for that, but... He might he might want us to to like just shit all. He, he might be trying to trying to see us. I don't know. I don't know. I okay. gotta get inside of Big Rick. Okay, so the next one is his last. That's what she said. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> she wants to get inside of Big Rick. Well, maybe it's like one night in China. <laughs> She's like, yeah, touch that gigantic clit and come here, Rick. Your mind bend over. <laughs> okay, so the final group is going to be four brothers, hostage, sixteen blocks, monster with Billy Bob Thornton, which has a sex scene in it, smoking aces, which has naked girls in it, snatch, which has hmm, snatch. I don't think snatch had any titties in it. Nope. Way of the gun, training day, which had girls in it, and the departed, which had the sex scene in it. So I don't know. And he says, "What no, did you?" I don't think. I think. That's a good list. I like that. That whole list, sex and titty scenes aside, that's a that's a solid list, Rick. But there's three things I've noticed. One pattern in there: Marky Mark, Bruce Willis, and um, Benicio del Toro in each of those movies, at least in one part. And I was gonna say too. Um, it's kind of like the gritty, like the not the the hero is not the hero kind of, kind of dark and you know not your clean cut kind of character you know stories. No, I agree. So that's a that's a solid list. I I like it. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think we we'll have to use that. We'll have to roll the the dodecahedron for Big R. I agree. I agree. And let's go to the last email. Now the last one is. 
one we... Oh, oh, it's this one. Ooh, can I read it? Are you sure you want or should we have Ash read it? I think Deke should read it since it was his episode. Not true. Alright, let's see. I'm all, I'm all ready for it. Well, if it loads up. Okay, here we go. Alright. So, let's see. WTF, guys. This is Heather, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Hey, Heather. I just listened to your review of the Tank Girl movie, and it sucked. You didn't even give it a chance and discuss why you hated it. Even though I know the story is not great, Deke, is more than just crap strung together by psychedelic animation scenes. Besides the fact that the comic is amazing, you guys did not even get over the fact that the one asshole water and power guy got blown up by a jet. Zan, you were a good front man, but in this episode, you were really bad. The sound quality sucked, but were you stoned? The tangents you went on sucked? Please re-review it and fix this episode? Deke, usually when you were on, I laughed my ass off, but this ep made me want to strangle you. I hope that in future episodes you guys are more funny and give the movie a little more of a chance. Despite my obvious rage, I still won't lis- will listen to the podcast, and I still love you guys, but get it together. Later, Heather. Guys, the next five minutes have been cut out because it was Deke weeping very sadly. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, now, Heather, besides the fact that you've completely broken Deke's spirit, and he's crying on the... <laughs> And there's a huge pile of tissues all over Zan's floor. Yes. Let's answer your email. Now, first off, there were some circumstances behind the Tank Girl episode. The fact is that my mic had died. That's why the sound quality was poorly bad. I have the USB mic that was the original one that we had used, and it died. That's why it sounds atrocious. I didn't realize it, but we may go back and re-record future episodes with that. Either way, that aside. Now why the tank review kind of sucked. I will admit, and Deke will admit, we kind of gave it an unfair judgment because neither of us had seen the movie in quite some time, and, well, we kind of just watched part of it on YouTube without watching the whole film. You got us, Heather. You nailed the spot on. I was basically... so I saw that movie many years ago, and I just ba- kind of based my opinion, my review today, on the opinion I had of the movie, you know, back then, so I didn't really give it a second chance. I kind of hated it the first time around, never watched it. Okay, you got me. Yeah, so if you guys want, we will go back and re-review this. We'll go back and read it. Maybe we'll do it in a manga episode, because we'll read the source material, then we'll compare it, if you want to do it like that, so this we can give you a chance, or we could just use another movie review episode slot, and kind of just skip a week and just do that. We could do Tank Girl... 2.0, or, I don't know, I kind of like the idea of going back, because obviously the one thing I really liked, or from what I remember, was the art of Tank Girl, so maybe maybe checking out the manga isn't such a bad idea. Well, and graphic novel, it's a nausea, because according to Daryl Surratt, the actual definition of manga is things which are published in Japan, so... Okay, yeah. so, so it's... it's so it's, it's a potatoes potatoes thing, okay. either way, manga is a graphic novel, it doesn't matter, but point is, maybe we'll do that. You guys email us, let us know, sparkandmovie at gmail.com. Yeah. Sorry, Heather. Uh, I'm glad you still love us. Uh, I hate to disappoint people, and we kind of dropped the ball on that one. And we are not going to let that happen again, so this one's for you. Very true. So we should get on with what, well, what we were, we're going to be doing this episode. So, 
For those of you who remember our last episode, which was the infamous, well, it was our Thanksgiving episode, which me and Zorro, we reviewed a very intriguing movie with Ed O'Neill, and they did a movie where they were a father and uh, a stepfather and a stepson working together on the roads. Well, honestly, it was a fight to the death between mom's boyfriend and mom's son. And what movie were we talking about? We were talking about Dutch. And in that episode, we rolled the Dodecahedron of Movies, and it dictated that we were reviewing a movie, which, ironically, the sequel comes out in two weeks. Oh, sweet. Tron. Yes, Tron. Directed by Steve Lisenberger. No, Lisberger. Who made things like Hot Pursuit, Lord of the... He made a lot of video games. And strangely enough, looks like the computer bus teacher, Mr. Yes, he does. Oh my god. And it was produced by Donald Kushner, and his story was written by Steve Weisberger, and it's starring Bruce Boxleiter, David Warner, Cindy Morgan, and Jeff Bridges, the dude himself. Oh shit. This movie has to be good. And like we said, this movie came out back in the day. Back, back when? 1982. Ooh, back in the year of our Lord, 1982. And this movie has um, has a lot of infamy about it. Now, most of you who weren't even born anywhere near this would be unaware of the fact that this is considered one of three movies which caused Disney to possibly go under during that period. They almost got split apart and everything went to hell because this movie was a colossal failure. This is one of three movies that came out during this time. And the first one was, well, this. There was Black Hole. And the last one was The Black Cauldron, which was a poorly done re-representation of the source material. But either way, we're getting a little off topic. And it's a was a very, well, experimental film. They tried something different. They tried using computer graphics to make animation, but it's not like today when you had, like, you know, use the computer to animate it. What they would do is they take the actual computer, they design something, they get a camera out, they take a picture of it, then they'd move it slightly, take a picture of it. they do this over and over again, combining traditional animation with that to make these very elaborate and unique scenes. And they didn't have blue screen back then, so it was a lot of also rotoscoping, almost. Yep. Or tracing, depending on how you, how you and what came, side of the fence you're on. And it came with these very, well, psychedelic and vibrant scenes for back then, which were pretty beautiful. And the problem with this is this is a $17 million movie, and it made, originally, 4.8. Yeah, that's a, that's a flop with a capital F-L-O-P. And this was coming out during when Star Wars came out, so this was a really, like, a... I was going to say it's about the height of the uh, the science fiction uh, kind of market. And also, this film was denied the possibility to be given a award for special effects because they cheated with computer graphics. Oh, they cheated with computer That's graphics. That's what they said. The Academy said back in the day. And now, what That's is... That's what we depend on. Exactly. That's the only thing there is. Yeah, so it is completely... What the fuck? Wow. Well, that sucks because I'm sure it would have... Uh gotten something. I mean, that, uh, before I get ahead of myself here, since we're just giving the intro, but I mean, come on, guys. That, that's 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 rude. Yeah, so we should really, but besides that, it has made a lot of money over time, and it has a huge cult following. And this is probably one of the geekiest films I've ever seen. 
and you're talking to a guy who's watched Flight of Dragons and Hackers. This is a really geeky movie. Oh, so that's why I was glued to the screen the entire time. Well, not geeky. We'll say nerdy. Because the difference geeky is just someone who's an outcast nerd is intellectual. This is a very intellectual film. Because they use lingo which, well, died with the advent of the Pentium 1, I think. Yeah, this, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, this came out before the personal computer even was made, before the Apple was made. And you see these computers, these monolithic hard drives and mainframes. Yeah, gigantic and, magnetic tape and vacuum tubes and fucking, just fucking Tesla coils and shit. And washing machine looking. <laughs> the monitors <laughs> weigh 50 pounds each. Yep. It's like, wow, I didn't know, I didn't realize that, uh, computers used to have gigantic iron, iron like, fucking wheels, you know? It's like, what the fuck, man? That's like giant gear on that goddamn thing. So, giving, let's give the basic premise of this film. Now, the basic premise is that every time someone uses a computer, a part of yourself is kind of left inside there, and every program we use, everything we design, it emulates the real world. Now, you're probably wondering, what the fuck do I mean? I mean, like, if you're you're an accountant, and you have an accounting program, and you use it every day. Supposedly, the accounting program in the computer world will be essentially the person who's using it all the time. Yeah, and in, in the world of well, Tron movie, the actors actually play their programs. So it's a, it's like a basically like a virtual thumbprint almost. They were they were touching on some pretty radical ideas back then that over time have kind of panned out. And nowadays it's even more prevalent because of the fact that we have all these user avatars and user files. I mean, like, Xan is my avatar online. My real name is something completely different. And it'd be like if we look on the internet world, Xan would be just me but looking very different. And the personality would be similar to me, but it's a little confusing. I know some of you are like... Uh, what, what the fuck are you talking about here, Zan? I use a computer every day. <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit hard to grasp. If you are your typical, I like fast and furious, I like explosions and very random acts of violence and no reels plot, you're not going to get this movie and you're going to be like, what the fuck am I watching? No, but if you're into some serious subplots and uh, pretty radical ideas, you will find that there is... A lot of serious undertones in this movie about religion, God, and man, and just the meaning of existence. A lot of symbolism. Oh, a ton of symbolism. Very true. So, we have the computer world where all of the computer programs are personifications of their users, but they believe that their users are their gods. Essentially, every single program has their own user, their own personal deity. It's almost like back in the Babylonian times when you had specific deities you would pray to for your family. You'd have your own family shrine and you'd pray to your, your deity and you'd send them things. And that's how this is. All users are who these programs pray to and who give them advice. However, there's a problem. In this wonderful cyber world, there is a menace who now controls everything. There's like an omnipresent dictator of sorts. Yes, the master control program who is just... Throughout the entire film, you see him as this giant monolithic being that you never really see, who controls everything and is, is like you said, he's he's pretty much hell bent on power, man. Like his whole his whole point of existence is to like gain 
he's he's cycling through all these programs, stealing these programs, and if he can use them, then great, he absorbs them, and they become him, and he becomes smarter. He's like, uh, for the first, like, dangerous artificial intelligence. And if he already has you, and he doesn't need you, eh, it makes you fight to the death for his amusement in the game realm. So he's, he's an emperor. And in an interesting spin on this, he is aware of the existence of users. He knows that users actually exist, but in his domain, he says whoever believes in a user is to be persecuted until they say they don't believe in users anymore. So it's the ultimate paradox of he knows that God exists, but he has to deny that God exists to control it, keep his power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like hellbent in his world. He knows he's he's like number one in his world, but he wants to become number one in our world too and control everything. And that's a pretty scary thought because if you think about it, there are people like that too that become hellbent on gaining as much power as possible and they stop at nothing. And they they, they destroy gods. Like, look at uh, communist China, you know? they That's what they did. They rose to power, assimilated everything, all the different provinces and cultures and took them in and and destroyed Buddhist temples and took away their, their deity. And they wanted the government to be uh, the symbol, the, the new god, essentially, which everybody bowed down to. And that's what happened. And so we introduce our protagonist of the film, who most people think is named Tron, but is not named Tron. Definitely not Tron. Main character is, well, Paul Chapman. It's the dude. <laughs> he really is the fucking dude. Like, I seriously, like, you're the first line, the, his, his name is Flynn in the movie, but, um, fucking, his first line, like, when he's acting, he's like, fuck, like, when the dude goes on the whole rant, like, what the fuck, man? Like, he's he sounds exactly like that. It's literally the embodiment of the dude. Jeff Bridges is the dude, is Flynn, you know? Yep, Jeff Bridges. And he is a computer programmer slash hacker who owns his own coin-op. Which, yep. for those of you who don't know and who are old, the coin-op is an old-school arcade. Yeah, like, happening. It's like, you know, all the... It's like the ones over in Japan, you know, that are fucking like crazy, like rave. It's like, it looks like a rave. There's like kids walking around. All but it's not just kids; that. it's adults too. You got adults in full suits and ties, and women who are dressed all gaudy. Like we're gonna go to the arcade tonight, darling. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't rather go to Broadway? Oh no, I would love to put my quarters asteroid zapper. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that was a pretty happening arcade, man. There's a lot of fucking shit going down. Yeah, it was totally awesome. He owns this arcade and he's playing these games, which it turns out he created them. These his backstory is that he used to work for the company which made them called Encom. And Encom what happened was Oh, well, he was a programmer in the Encon and the guy Dillinger, who's directly dealing with the Master Control Program, uh, who's now in charge of that company, stole Flynn's games and c- copyrighted them himself. Uh, he got rich and became the president, and uh, fucking Flynn got kicked out of the company. And then that was it. And this brings that the question of, because he made it during company time, was it really his product? That's like an ethical issue there. It's like he's under company time, so is it the work for the company? But he also had his own personal file that he was working under, so 
Is it just side work, you know? If we had to break it down, I would say he gets all creative credit and all portions due to that. But I would say residuals because the company provided him the, the time software. And, and paid him and he did it on their machines, they would actually get the royalties from whatever so was So he sold. would still be in the same position he's in now, but he wants... It's like that there was an old lawsuit which was brought into made into a movie where it was a guy created a better version of windshield wipers and the company stole his idea and he went through years and years and years and years of lawsuits eventually winning after 50 years but losing his wife his house and having a shitload of bills all for the principle of the matter some people are like that they'll just fucking but you know what fair is fair man even but some people go to the lengths to prove it but Man, well, Dillinger was a douchebag. He deserved to go to jail for what he did. He yeah, was a douche. Yeah, he just straight up fucking stole. He stole all that shit. And you know what? That ain't fucking right. And Dillinger being played by the one, the only, David Warner. Classic British actor. He's fucking great. He's also in... He plays Ultimate Evil and Time Bandits. That's the only movie off the top of my head. I he plays a villain in almost anything possible. I mean, if you've ever seen... Batman the Animated Series, he was the voice of Ra's al Ghul. He was also in Freakazoid, the voice of the Loeb. He's basically, if you need a good British sounding bad guy, you pick him. Nah, he really does. He hasn't been a Bond villain at all, has he? Because he should have been. I think he may have been. I don't want... Let me check his IMDB. I didn't want to, but let me check his... He was in a lot of stuff. He was in Time After Time as Grim Jack the Ripper. He was oh. in Time Bandits. He was a scientist in Turtles 2. Yes, he was. TGI guy. He's in a lot of, lot of. He was originally considered to be Freddy Krueger, also. Damn. So he has a very prestigious background, and he is, like we said, he stole the five games from Flynn, got Flynn kicked out, and he's currently the senior executive. He's the CEO essentially. He can dethrone the owners if he so pleases, and he is completely reliant on the. MCP. The only problem is the MCP knows what's up and knows that he stole Flynn's ideas, so he kind of, in a way, hangs that over his head, which is also another problem that he faces. Because every time Dillinger tries to say, well, uh, you can't do this, you'll get in trouble, and MCP's like, if you try doing that, I'll release all the information to the press and you'll be indicted. Yeah, and then that's the real dilemma. Basically, at the core, it's Flynn versus Dillinger because he wants his he wants his fucking credit where it's due versus MCP and the MCP is the middleman and he uh, you know ultimately MCP is the real puppet master pulling the strings of the user Dillinger yeah because Dillinger is not that smart he's just very sly yeah he's a freaking f schemer yep and we know what happens to all the schemers. Oh, they eventually get thrown out the top story window onto a bed of spikes below. Well, that's what would happen if we ran the world uh, instead of reality. Uh, oh, well. You have Jeff Bridges keeps trying to hack in through his own terminal at the arcade, and MCP says, you know what? No more Flynn, you can't get in here, and he locks everybody with his access out. Whoever worked with him indirectly or directly in that level, everyone got their passcodes locked and completely... And we're told to go straightly to Dillinger to see what's up. Yes, and here we introduce the supposedly other protagonist, Alan Bradley, 
who is this geeky guy who's a cubicle worker? He has the day of the earth satil gort glatu brachta nikto pasted on his wall, and he's eating popcorn. He is <laughs> he's, he's eating popcorn and in a sea of cubicles, basically. And he has a noble goal. He created a program, a security program called Tron. And Yes, and this program would be a security program that observes all the going-ons in the computer. Whatever comes out, whatever goes in, and if something illegal is going on, Tron will put a stop to it immediately. Yes. And that's a kind of lofty goal. That sounds great. I'd love to have that in my network. When his access is cut off, he goes to Dillinger and says, Hey, uh, what's going on, Mr. Dillinger? And he says, Oh, uh, well, it's going to be a couple days because we're just doing some security checks. And he's like, Well... Well, what's your program? Oh, I'm working on this program, Tron, and it's going to security check. He's like, oh, is it a portion of the MCP? And he says, no, it's going to check up on the MCP, too. And the minute he says that, Dillinger just gets a look on his face he's like... like oh, shit. <laughs> and then... <laughs> so then what happens? He kicks him out. Well, he doesn't really kick him out, but he leaves. And then all of a sudden, the MCP is like, oh, wait a minute, that ain't good. He's like, I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Dillinger. You didn't fucking, you didn't shoot that man in the face, you know? Fucking, he, he posed a threat to us. He's gonna, he's like getting all nervous. Like, the MCP's like, oh shit, well, I've been doing some illegal stuff. I can't have anybody reporting what I'm, what I'm doing. Well, he doesn't care. He's invading the Kremlin and inviting I, the Pentagon. And... I know, he's, he's going through the governments. He wants to, what does he say? He's like, he's like, actually, like, I'm, I can run the, I can run the entire world about a, Two thousand times better than any and man human. could. Yeah. So yeah. he's like fucking drunk on his own. Uh, he's a megalomaniac. Yeah. And you have Alan's girlfriend, Doctor Laura Baines, who is also Flynn's Flynn's ex, and yeah, and she's maybe romantically linked to uh, the lead scientist, the the creator of the the company. I don't know. I was kind of getting some weird vibes. She's yeah. been around the block. Maybe. And she's working on a program for a digitizing beam that's used through a Shiva laser. And these Shiva lasers, well... The Shiva laser? Yep. Alan goes to Laura and says, Hey, Laura, listen. Uh, Dillinger's picking on me. And Laura says, Hey, it sounds like Flynn was trying to break into the lab. Let's talk to Flynn. And what goes on is a small history lesson and... Jeff Bridges, being Jeff Bridges, is able to convince him, hey, let's all break into the lab. It really didn't take much to uh, talk his friends into it. You know, like, they yeah, all like, I got this idea. So they're like, okay, that's actually, it. But she was like, oh, uh, let me ask you this. Have you been breaking into our company's mainframe? Like, all right, so you don't skip the small talk anymore. And fucking things like, yeah, I did, whatever. You guys want to, uh, you know, these guys fucked me. I want to fuck them. Are you going to help me or what? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm not doing anything else on Friday night. Let's just fucking <laughs> let's just fucking hack the mainframe here. It's and they basically pile into a car and head over to company headquarters. After opening an obscenely large door that takes like 20 minutes from to open the door, it's like just <laughs> no, it's seriously, it's like open the blast doors, open the blast doors, fucking. What's like? What are they keeping there? King Kong. No, just a mainframe. So they break in, and surprisingly, security doesn't realize, hey, that guy got fired. Just let him go down. 
I think he was flirting with the, uh, the what was her name again? Laura. Laura. He was definitely. He's like, oh, hey, Laura. I think she fucked every guy. Every guy in this company. <laughs> I think while she was. <laughs> Maybe we don't know. It's possible. And so. Anyway, long story short, she ends up setting Flynn to hack using her, her computer, which is directly, ironically, in front of the Shiva laser. Now, that's a nice placement to put your terminal. Let's put it right in front of the laser, which we're using to dematerialize things. Yeah, good job, guys. Perfect. For the plot, anyway. It's like, oh, well, how's Jeff Bridges getting in front of the dematerializer slash Wayne Zelinsky Shiva laser? Um... Yeah, let's just put it right in front of her computer. There and right here we have a pretty cool conversation between Flynn and the MCP, which I'm going to put in right here. You shouldn't have come back, Flynn. Hey, 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 it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. Sit right there. Make yourself comfortable. Remember the time we used to spend playing chess together? That isn't going to do you any good, Flynn. I'm afraid. Stop. Please. You realize I can't allow this. Now, how are you going to run the universe if you can't even answer a few unsolvable problems? Huh? Come on, big fella. Let's see what you got. I'd like to go against you and see what you're made of. You know, you don't look a thing like your pictures. I'm warning you. You're entering a big era, Flynn. I'm going to have to put you on the game, grid. Games. You want games? I'll give you games. He was like talking mad shit, right? They're like, he's like, hey, hey, what's up, Master Control Program? Fuck you, you fucking faggot. Here, here's an unsolvable logic puzzle. Boop. And he's like, oh, God damn it, blah, blah. And he's like getting all pissed off. He's like, yeah, and he says, stop picking on me. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get mad. I will fucking fry your ass with my laser. Don't test me. He's, he's like saying, don't mess with me, and he's just trying to get the truth, and then he's like, you know what, I'll bring you down to my level. And that, and it was, at this point, he ends up in the virtual world, and this is where you really see where things are really trippy and strange, because... Hey, fucking all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Flynn's got a fucking glowing neon uh, get-up on. It looks pretty crazy. Like, the whole Tron world is fucking sick. Like, inside of the, the computer, it's awesome. Yeah, and as he walks in, he's literally just like, he sees these shock troopers, which surprisingly, this movie, even though that many anime fans know this, this movie solidifies the fact that red is bad, blue is good. <laughs> it's always been like that. <laughs> even though Clue was yellow, which brings questions into mind. Clue was Flynn's hacking program who ends up getting tortured by MCP within the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, Clue gets fucked in the ass like pretty much immediately. He's like, oh, here, Clue, you're the best that's ever been. And that's it. It's like, ah, shit. Yeah. And so the shock troops show up and they say, move, Contript. And he's like, if this was about the parking tickets, I could explain. <laughs> he thinks, yeah, he thinks he's in juvie or something. <laughs> what like, prison was he in where they look like that? <laughs> It's like, you don't know a lot about Flynn. It's like, uh, it could be... <laughs> could have been in Tijuana. <laughs> no, he could have... He, he maybe thought he was having a flashback inside the arcade. I could just imagine him all fucking, like, hopped up on shrooms or something. And he's like, thinks he's in the virtual, virtual world. And then all of a sudden he's like, in it, actually. And from there, you see David Warner again. His analog in the digital world, Sark being told by the master control program that he has a new plaything because Sark is pretty much a sadistic bastard who he's like in control he's 
MCP is second in command, or...? Uh, well, since in the real life, it's weird, because Dillinger is supposed to be in control in the real life, in the real world, but he's actually a bitch to the MCP. It's also like that in the digital world. Dillinger's avatar is the bitch of the fucking Master Control program, and... <laughs> He lets him. He he puts him in his place pretty much immediately. He's like, "Listen, we got some, we got fucking Flynn here. Uh, if you don't fucking do what I say with him, you're fucked now. Let me drain your power." And he's like, "Ah." Yeah, that was that was the question I had for you guys. What was the deal with uh, uh, Sark always being bent back and stuff and kind of losing his strength? Was that the MCP doing? That? Yeah, it was. was yeah. It was him. Like he was p- him putting the screws to Sark because every time Sark disobeyed him, he's like. Well, how about I drain you down to the level where you'll be working in a pocket calculator? Yeah, he was like exert. He was basically fucking torturing him, and telling, letting him know who was boss. But as a, you know, on a sadistic, yeah, fucking. Uh, and at first, Sark is like, oh, because he hears that Flynn's a user, and he's like, he, uh, he's a uh, a user. But they, what but you? you said that users wasn't real. <laughs> It's kind of like oh shit moment, and later on near the end of the film, he kind of sees that he didn't that Flynn's still alive after all this, and he's like you're nothing. He's it's kind of like telling himself like yeah this is bullshit. He's not real. He's not. He's, he's <laughs> I'm the, imagining he, this. Just put your head in the sand. Put no, I didn't say it. It's not real. He's like you're not real. You're just a regular person. You're just playing tricks on me. You're not. I'm gonna be fine. Don't use your user magic on me. <laughs> You're a witch. Oh, we're we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves with <laughs> so. Either way, so Flynn is now one of the user the con- programs that are going to be in the game grids. Now you think, oh, he's going to be playing games. He's awesome at games, right? We saw him kicking ass, beating his own high score in the beginning. Yes, and it's revealed that games, the games we play online, actually, whenever we defeat a character or shoot a character, it's actually annihilating a program. So every single character you've ever killed in a video game is some poor program who's been mercilessly murdered by you. But programs don't got feelings, do they? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like... It's like killing puppies, man. Fucking that—that that, that was a program. He, was, he had he had the aspects of a real real life user. Now he's fucking deleted. He's derezzed, man. <laughs> That's kind of it's very deep. It gets really deep in this, especially with the fact that you have so many programs who are like, it's like I, my user will be very angry, and they're like, oh shit, shit, your religious mumbo jumbo up. That was really cool. Like, they, they did that in the first scene. Like, that's how the movie opened up. You know, we already re- discussed that. But, yeah, it was like fucking... They let you know right out of the gate. It's fucking... This, it's all this, religion, yeah. basically. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fight between religion and atheism, almost. Yeah, I was going to say maybe uh, between religion and science. You know what I mean? Like, the, there's logics and there's faith uh, that are, we're dealing with here. Very cool. Perhaps. And did... Since he's in the game world, they said that pretty much, okay, we're going to teach you. You who are the new programs you brought in, we're going to explain this to you. This on your back, this little disc, is an I, your identity disc. This is all you are, all you will be. Everything you learn will be imprinted on the identity disc. You lose this, you're immediately derazzed. Okay. And here's the deal. If you renounce your superstitious and hysterical belief of these things called users, 
that y- you'll be able to join the echelon of the r- the red of the MCP's glorious army. But if you continue to believe in it, well, we're going to kind of train you substandardly, and then you're going to be forced to fight in our games, and you'll be derezzed. Yeah, it's like either you're with us or you're Guinness, and that's, that's you know, there were people had to make that choice <laughs> in time periods, you know. And Flynn doesn't even realize what's going on until they say his first game, besides the fact that Sark says, make him fight one of his own programs instead of one of us, Flynn thinks, oh, it's just a game, it's really funny, and then he realizes that... This is life or death. Yep. Yeah, he, at first he thought he was playing like some crazy laser high lie fucking shit until, uh, until, you know, his platform started shrinking and that bottomless pit below him looked quite real. And he tells Sark, go to hell, that he won't play the rest of the game. And Sark kills the other program and then immediately goes to kill Flynn, but. Master Control Program intervenes. Yep, tells him I want him in the games until he dies playing. And so Flynn goes around and he meets the champion of the game grid, who's on the side of the quote-unquote slaves, the blues, Tron, who is the complete antithesis of Alan. Because Alan is geeky with thick glasses and kind of squirrely looking, and Tron is this very ambitious go-getter, like ready to fight the world. Yeah, it's like a total Clark Kent and Superman yep. kind of thing. Yep. And next is the very ambitious light cycle scene, which has been parodied in every fucking movie possible. Light cycles were pretty awesome. It was kind of like uh, that snake game where you couldn't... You oh, like the first cell, f- cell phones? Yeah, or like the old uh, Windows 95 computers. The Windows yeah. 03. It's like you had that snake game and Minesweeper and the fucking the monkey game where they... You have to put in the X and Y coordinates, and he throws a banana that explodes against the buildings. Oh, God, that was basic. I, <laughs> I love that game, dude. Oh, that yes. That was awesome. And from here on, it gets into... There's a third program with them named Ram. Yeah, Ram. It's, he's, he's not... Well, he might be. I don't know, but... Ram isn't as buff as you think. He's actually a fucking accountant program. But he so, provides some comics. He's a monthly bit. actuary program. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, the, sub- the subsidiaries on, on my interest rates are fucking through the roof. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, nerd? Fucking shut up. Your name's Ram. You should either should either be fucking ramming your fists down Red's fucking throats or ramming another dude's ass, okay? Because seriously, it's like, what are you going to fucking... What and you, the what latter about? seems more probable. <laughs> yeah, that's... He's, well, no, I think he would actually get rammed. His name <laughs> should have been rammed, not ram. Yeah. So from here, what is it? From here, they escape through Flynn's ingenuity, and they escape to the weird hippie water pool. <laughs> the fucking, yo, I don't know what was in that fucking shimmering it water. It kind of attracted me. Like, I wanted to be in that movie jumping in it. I don't know. That energy was like... Well, yeah, did you see Flynn? He was, like, addicted to it immediately. It was, yeah. like, it was like his first freaking line of coke. He was just like, wow! It just goes on a fucking bender. Like, everybody's... Le- even Tron's like, okay, guys, let's let's get out of here now. And he's, he's like, Flynn, fucking, put a cork in it. And he's, yeah, Flynn he, turned into the dude for like, a second smoking a joint. He was like, he's fucking... He's like, like, don't bogart that water pool, friend. <laughs> and then, like, he's just like, fucking... 
You're sipping it up with a gigantic straw. Tron becomes even more single-minded after the juice up, and he's like, we have to go to the input-output tower so I can speak to my user, and then we'll learn what to do. And they go on this odyssey following him, and they get separated. Like in most typical heroes. It's essentially, this is like the typical hero's journey, the Lord of the Rings, or what is that other series? Um, or just typical hero's journey, get to point A, destroy artifact to C. Get the group together, and then... Yeah, well, that's how it seems like it was. Well, I guess no, it actually was. Yeah, and they were they were together in real life, and they were together in the virtual world too. That's that's another, you know, because he hooks up with Yori, who is Laura's avatar, who is a female program with leg warmers. They were some pretty badass leg warmers, and I must say, she had a freaking smoking body in that little uh, Tron the 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 computer getup. You know what I'm saying? She looks better at the end, I think. What and oh, with the cashmere, fucking yeah. Yes, I kind of dig the the leg warmers though, and I think you do see a camel toe at one point. Yeah, but you see Tron's camel toe, not <laughs> hers. <laughs> <laughs> and from here, you see the IO Tower is a church, which I thought was pretty cool. Is that it's, you have to go in there, and it's almost a religious experience that you have to be able to ask who your user is and to communicate directly, and it's very. Yeah, it's like like saying a penance before you know praying or you know like fucking I don't know. It's you grandiose. Need... It's like just kind of holy and built up. Yeah, and yeah, and it, yeah, you're absolutely right. And there's like a whole procedure and a like a you know, ritual to it. That's what the word I was looking for. Ritual. So you had to go in and link directly to your user, which was pretty fucking crazy. So then, what, Tron gets the, the, the ultimate ultimate Frisbee disc of power there. Yes, and he goes and defeats the MCP so people are able to download pornography and... Uh, well, <laughs> let me change it. So people are free to do what they need to do and the world is free, hurrah. So basically, basically the, the MCP is like a fucking Nazi firewall program and Tron is the, the worm virus from... Uh, Hackers. <laughs> he was there to save the day. And when you see what the MCP actually looks like, that was, I think, one of the most powerful scenes in the movie. Because whenever you see MCP, it's this very monolithic, circly bobber, spinning cylinder, which has a benevolent face. And when Tron defeats the MCP, you see it's this very old program in this weird throne with an old-school typewriter just typing away. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely like the uh, the man behind the curtain scene in Wizard of Oz, you know. Yes. It's like, ooh, what the fuck? That's all show. And Flynn, we learn that he has powers in the digital world. Like anything that he had created or he programmed, he has the ability to interact with and change. There's a recognizer, which is in one of the games he made, Space Paranoia, and he's able to. He finds a broken down one, and he's able to reconfigure it into this very... Well, it's half-broken, but uses the broken pieces to form a recognizer. This is a great scene. And he's <laughs> kind of driving it a little bit. The thing's fucking... Like, it's like... It, like, backfires when he starts it up. It's like, at first it was like... <laughs> it's like... And he gets it starting. It's fucking like... I just think it's he can't drive. It was, I don't know, that was awesome. There's like shit hanging from it, it's all beat up and stuff. It's fucking and great. And you think at like any second he's just gonna crash into a wall and the whole thing's gonna explode, but he gets out of some tight corners and 
And every time I try to break apart, he's like, pull together, pull together, and pull together. <laughs> yeah, it actually, it did a good job, like, that, the whole sequence showed that, it's like, hey, he's, he's actually has power. And I couldn't help but think of, like, the, like, the Matrix, you know, kind of cribbing off of this, you know, they must have, because, dude, that's like the whole fucking Neo thing, fucking, Flynn was like, in this world, he was he was God. He had power. He could do all this. Well, shit. some things he couldn't interface with, but there was a lot he could interact with, like the the lunch the the solar sail sail ship. He was able to, to divert a beam using his own arm to divert it using basic physics, and it's a pretty intense scene because it's like you don't think would he be able to divert beams, but he's able to use his power to switch that. And then later on, they're derezzing his whole ship, and he's able to not be derezzed because he's a user. And he's able to save Yuri, who's doesn't derez either. Yeah, yeah, he actually, yeah, he prevented a, a program from derezzing, which is, it's like, what, oh, you are God. He is great. And, and it ends in a climactic battle. Good wins. Dillinger is found out, and he and Flynn becomes the CEO of Encom. Huh. Which huh. I didn't see coming at all. I didn't think he'd ever go back after how he got screwed over. I really didn't expect that. Yeah, but they were like, fuck it. Let's make him the CEO because he, he was the one who made our company because they thought Dillinger was the one who made their company. And also yeah. that old man who was the original CEO, I think, liked Flynn. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he still had some political weight once they realized that their fucking CEO was a crook, you know? Yeah, yeah go with the guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, the guy who actually started the company in his, in his garage. There was a whole good scene between him and Dillinger that they explained, you know, that he, he started it up. But it was like, I don't know, it was, it was a fun movie, man. Um, it was crazy. The only thing I didn't really like about it was the, the sound, the music, the soundtrack. It was very bland. Made by Wendy Carlos in Journey. Oh, Wendy Carlos? A.K.A. fucking... Uh, funeral Queen Mary from Clockwork Orange. Yep. Who used to be a man. Yep. Who cut off her dick and became Wendy. What was yeah. his original name? It was like eighty-two. Crazy man. And also Journey worked on this too. Really? What, you, what kind of music were you expecting though for this movie? Because I, expecting- I mean, it was basic. Like computers were basic back then. It's kind of. I guess 82, yeah, I don't know, like, I, I expected more synthy. I mean, it was synth, um, I guess, I guess it does fit the time period, it just didn't, like, captivate me, it didn't really, like, move me too much, it was, like, um, kind of just, like, bloops and blips and chord progressions weren't it, it just didn't... They could have had more suspenseful music where it kind of built up the scenes more, yeah. it was kind of more background than building up the scenes what they were. Well, I think that's what they're going for is more of a just general sound to it. And I kind of dig how it, the ambiance it gave a lot of the scenes. I mean, true, the ending credits were horrific. But some of the music was, it worked very well. Like, during the light cycle chase, I liked that music. Mm-hmm. When they escaped, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, was the scene cool. on the Solar Sailor was garbage. Oh, that music was so retarded that... Yeah, that, that, that whole sequence was went by. It didn't, it didn't have really good pacing. Kind of like, it's like, oh, there's some shit going on, and then there's a lull period. 
and then, oh, I gotta divert the beams and get away, and then the next scene, my fucking ship explodes because it crashes into the bad guys, and then all of a sudden we're captured. It's like, some parts dragged out ridiculously long, and then some parts, it was like... It's like, oh, wait a minute, is there, like, fucking six scenes missing or something? What happened here? Very true, very true. But, like, um... Uh, I guess... The one thing I kind of did like, I mean, I mean, I understand the technical limitations, but it was the, the mounted camera. It's like the, most of the scenes, were, you know, there wasn't a lot of camera movement. It wasn't very kinetic. It was all very kind of still and like, like you're plugged into a specific spot and, you know, you're, you know, you're looking at the computer world. Um, obviously they did that for technical reasons. You couldn't have like a fucking fucking boom cam, you know, swinging around and expect uh, 1982 technology to be able to, like, trace over that shit. Yeah, it had to be a static cam row, which was just in one spot, and they just had to work around it. And that was a little bit of a... Well, I'd say it was a little bit of a deterrent to the film. If they hadn't maybe a camera which moved, it would have added to it, I think? Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously it would have made it. But I think given, given the world that it was supposed to be in... It just made it like s- seem so detached, you know. It's like this is, I don't know. This everything is is like gridded, you know. It's like cameras fucking still because ugh, I can't. Can't really fucking play. It's it's a little bit difficult to explain. I understand. Well, anyone who's seen the movie who can explain it, let us know what you think about how they kind of filmed it and stuff. Because we're having a hard time putting yeah, this, it into and, words. Yeah, so. and just so you know. I mean, I know the movie was filmed in fucking 1982, a.k.a. the year I was born, so I had, like, you know, up until <laughs> today to watch it, but this is the first time I ever saw Tron, and I'll, I'll give my final review in a minute, but, you know, I got a lot to absorb here on yeah. the first try. Fucking crazy. I can't wait to watch this again. Very true, and also we haven't watched any of the special features. I've heard about them, but you've never no. seen them, so a lot of the technical aspects are talked about on the special features. One thing we did notice is that there were two big Easter eggs in the movie. <laughs> now, should we spoil them? Um, well, one was kind of obvious if you're paying attention. Yeah, one was like right there, almost in the middle of the screen. It's like, you couldn't avoid it. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. We'll give you, we won't tell you where, where the Mickey is. And yes, there is a Mickey in this, but the other one was, well... Basically, Pac-Man inside of the Death Star plans. That <laughs> was awesome. He's just was behind Sark, and you hear... Wah, 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 wah. There's the fucking dots. There may have even been a pair of cherries up there. Somewhere. No, they said it right there. It's, 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 it was there. That's so funny. It's pretty funny, and out of the characters, I mean, which of the characters do you think was the most developed? Definitely Flynn. I mean, he had... He was given the most. He was given most scenes, like he was seen the most, and he was def- he, Yeah. You had his whole what his uh, mission. He had showed uh, his mission, and he went all the way through, and you know. I he's, don't know. He's definitely the most kinetic character. Like, you know, he's like goofy and kind of like he knows what the hell he's doing. He's sharp. Uh, he, in the real world, he was fucking kicking the master control program's ass, you know? He, and then fucking, he kicks ass in the fucking computer world too, man. What about you, Zane? Personally, I really 
Well, I do like Flynn. Flynn is, obviously, he's mm-hmm. the favorite character. I liked how Sark was. I liked how he had the subordinate that Dillinger had, that he'd be like, oh, shut up, you no unit. Mm-hmm. Don't think, I, I'll think for you. And he was the dictator who, he's the puppet, he was the figurehead, who kind of had control, but he knew he didn't have control. He had to pretend he had all of the, everything in order, while meanwhile fearing for his life every two minutes, like, oh God, well, if, he, if he finds out he's going to kill me, and I'll take it out of my subordinates, I could torture for fun. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy conflict that he had going on there. Yes, it was a pretty well, interesting relationship he had with all the characters. Like, mm-hmm. the relationship he had with Flynn. Like, at first he treats Flynn like he's just a subordinate because he tries to, like, ignore the fact that Flynn is a user. And then when he sees that Flynn's alive, he's suddenly like, it's like, you're just a normal program. He's like, he's telling Flynn that, but he's kind of saying it, to, reassuring himself. Like, yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to be gone. You're going to be fine. And then... Later on, he's talking to Tron and trying to be like, "You should have joined me. We could have, we could have worked together, and things would have been better in this system." And at the end, he ends up merging. Spoiler, but he ends up merging with the MCP and becomes Super Sark. And it's like the culmination of he's lost his identity completely because his identity just gets snapped in half. So he's no longer Sark. He's just become officially just the puppet too. The MCP. Yes, the guardian. That's all he is left. Yeah, it's just like a physical embodiment, like a just a security or not a security program. Like they sold him. They sold his soul to the to MCP kind of thing. Yeah, and you saw at the end his he had no eyes. His eyes were gone. Like he was dead. There was nothing yeah. left. It was yeah. just just like a zombie program, basically. But that that was awesome. I really liked that part. That was, that was fucking cool. Yeah, becomes gigantic, and he's got that. Just the the raw embodiment of the MCP, but it's and sparks it's, coming out of his head. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like fucking virtual brains are all over the place. It's pretty good. So should we give our ratings? Uh, yeah. Now, for those of you who don't know, our podcast, Spire Can We Review, has a five point rating system. Now, unlike with other podcasts, where it's four stars, five stars, or one out of ten, or we give thumbs up, we have phrases. Specifically, five phrases. Now, our lowest rating is going to be protest outside your local red box in hopes that no one ever rents this reprehensible piece of shit. Our next rating is a little bit higher. That is our have it playing in the background while you surf the internet for porn or whatever you're looking for online. Just have it in the background. Our third rating, our middle of the ground rating, is worth watching on DVD or on television once. Our good but not great rating is borrow from a friend, don't return unless offered. Now let's put something a little different, energy water. <laughs> and then our top of the line rating, our highest rating is going to be really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch us now, your eyes will swell up, your brain will freeze, and you will be sucked into the game grain grid where you'll be forced to play Jar Jar Banks in virtual highlight. No, that's 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 too good. I'm saying. <laughs> Be forced to play E.T. for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred forever. Okay, that works. <laughs> Why? Because you'd want to play Jar Jar in Virtual no. High Lego. <laughs> I would love to kill Jar Jar in Virtual High Lego. <laughs> I love. It. Oh, that was so cool! I wish I could play. Uh, so, what would you guys give it? I'd give it the thing I'd bought from a friend and not return it. Um... Then can I borrow this DVD? It's not mine. Oh, okay. I mean, it wasn't great. It was good for its time. I 
wasn't expecting what I was about to see. But I was impressed. I love Jeff Bridges. He's awesome. And I don't know. Like You've heard what I so far what I've said. I enjoyed it. Very true. Did. What would you give it, Deke? Oh, I give it a solid four. Uh, like I said, this is the first time I've seen this movie. Definitely won't be the last fucking time. I tell you that. Uh, I can't wait to get into it. Uh, I've actually probably become a well, if you can get a fide Tron fan because of this uh, flick. Well, if you can get a hold of it, this disc is discontinued. Is that a print? They might re-release it for Tron when Legacy comes mm-hmm. out on DVD. They'd, they'll probably do a fucking two-pack at Walmart yeah. before you know it. Which well, would be awesome. Which is exactly Well, when I saw about. how much this is going on eBay, I was like, Timbo, I'm going to say I lost your disc. <laughs> oh, and here I was. I was actually trying to hunt this down, too, uh, a yeah, while ago. Yeah, we were in the store the other yeah. day. We were looking for it. Like a month ago, I saw it, and then it was gone. And, well, me, I'm going to say this is a... Well, yeah, well, despite the geeky aspects, which should drop it down, I do enjoy the film. And because I am a geek and I'm a nerd. So I am going to give this bar from a friend, Dory Turner, unless offered, well, energy water. And just for the hell of it, there's a shirt I want to show Deacon Ash. I'm going to show you this the print and you tell me what you guys think about this shirt. All right? You ready? Ready. This is something that they use for, for Tron. All right? Ready? That is fucking awesome. That's really nice. The colors are awesome. <laughs> you see it? <laughs> You gotta put this up on the main page. Oh, yes, I am. We're gonna put this up for everyone so you can see. For for those of you who don't know what it is, it shows a bunch of recognizers, and then it shows two figures, (laughs) one in yellow, one in blue. And the one in blue is, well... It's the dude and Walter, and it is fucking amazing. (laughs) They got the fucking whole, the whole fucking, the, the whole suit get up. Walter's holding a fucking disc that looks like a bowling ball. And can you note Walter's boots? Yes. Yeah, he's That's definitely got the shorts on and yep. the fucking boots with the socks over. Yes, he does. And the and Jeff Bridges has the bathrobe on. Robe. <laughs> Actually, if you think about it, he was wearing the dude's robe in the movie too. Well, he was using that to cover his junk supposedly because it would be fair. But I still like to just picture this. She's like, you could see uh, digital Donnie like Walter. Are those the viruses? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie, before you get raised. You're out of your element, Donnie. <laughs> You're out of your program, Donnie. <laughs> no, no, Donnie, don't worry. They're just actuary programs. <laughs> Nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> well, they did it, man. They finally killed my fucking recognizer. <laughs> I can't wait. For okay. That extra credit for you guys. Now, most of you notice I usually put at the end of all the show notes, I use an extra question. I'm going to put this instead of an extra question. Send us an email with your favorite Big Lebowski quote turned into a Tron-esque quote. That's awesome. Just like... You could email it or post it on the forums. Or call at 206-350-8462 and do your best Walter, Donnie, or... or Any voice that... Make it good. We will cut off your Johnson. Please, we are huge Lebowski fans. I'm just trying to see how someone could do actually the big Lebowski doing like, the hippie's lost. What are they going to say? Like, the program's lost. (laughs) (laughs) Get a program, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So, the MCP lost. Get a job. 
Oh, this will be intriguing. So what do you guys think about Tron 2, a.k.a. Tron Legacy? How do you think it's going to be, depending on the video and whatnot you've seen? I don't know. Based on the, uh, I was going to say, based on uh, the ending of Tron, you know, I wonder how they're going to go about this. I'm, I'm spoiler-free, and I, now that I've seen Tron, I'm staying that way. So, you know, I'm ready to fucking... Yeah, I haven't seen... I saw the trailer, like, once or twice on TV, so I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, the but. only thing you saw, really, the trailer showed was it showed Clue as the, as the villain, which is, you're wondering, how the hell did he go from being Flynn's bitch to being... I mean, was he corrupted by the MCP? Is, but the problem is, yeah. I've seen the trailers before I've seen this movie, so I kind of didn't understand what was going on. Now that I know... I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see how it is, and maybe we'll go back and do a... Now, we'll let you guys a- a- answer this question now. We'll all see Tron within the next couple of weeks, obviously, because we're, we're like that. Yep. Oh, in 3D, I might add. Yeah, we're going to see it. And so if you guys want us to review Tron in an upcoming episode, email us and let us know. Like, say, please review Tron. We'll put it in as a cap for an extra episode to make it insanely long. Because this episode already is going on an hour and, I think, 12 minutes? No, an hour and 20 minutes. That's wrong. Like, how long is that? (laughs) Quite some time. Also, I... Well, this movie has a huge cult following, and what can we say except, well... I'd say it deserves it. Yes, very true. Now, since it's been an hour, most of you have forgotten most of our links, so remember you can check out any show notes or previous episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or our personal email address is zan at spirekin.com. Deke.spirekin at gmail.com. Ash.spirekin at gmail.com. You can check us out on the forums. You can call us at 206-350-8462. We're under Twitter under Spirekin. Also, if you have Facebook, Spirekin Movie Review is now a page so you can just go on there and add us as a friend or check out the group Spirekin movie review group we always update when there's a new episode up we're on Twitter under Spirekin and Spirekin movie and don't be shy write what you think we're not gonna belittle you or harass you we want to hear what you have to say no matter what tell us if you hate us if you love us and if you see someone's playing games on Facebook under Spirekin movie well it's just because I want to do strange things like playing poker and cheating the system (laughs) As long as you're not playing Farmville, it's okay. God, no. <laughs> I hate that game. I hate it so much. Uh, I need one more board to finish my barn. Who's going to email me? I don't even know what the... F- I need six rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I found a red plant. What the fuck does that mean? So? There's a stoner version of Farmville. It's like pot... It's, it's on adult... Swim. It's literally you grow your own weed. It's like buy, spend twenty dollars to get your own marijuana. This type of just icky boogie. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, nah, it's like let, rather than play a game based on growing my own marijuana, I actually just go down in the corner, fucking buy a dime bag and go puff away. Well, of course, this is hypothetical. Of course, that's of all course. hypothetical. Of course, of course, of course. I can never condone anything like that. Very true. Very true. Now we should get into the part we've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, oh. that only, the dodecahedron of movies. Yes. So, for those who don't know, the dodecahedron is a twelve-sided dice, and what we've done is we've assigned. Nine movies to the twelve-sided dice, and what we're going to do is we're going to roll the dodecahedron of movies, and whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing the next episode. And the next episode is very special because, well, we're going to have a guest host, someone who is 
infinitely more wealthy than all of us put together, supposedly, and who will be more notori- notori- no, what is it, notorious? Notorious? Notorious to us, because he's making a movie about Kung Fu and, well, titties. Whoa, whoa. Did you say Kung Fu and titties? Yes. And so let us roll the Dota key turn of movies to see what we're reviewing in the next episode. And before those of you who say we've already announced what we're going to say, I have not rigged this. Number 10. Now, for those who don't know, 10 is... Is this not a roll again? Co-host choice. And yeah. so we have a list of this, 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 and this. And it's... So which one do you guys choose? Hmm, let's see. Let's see here. Let's see. Whoa, let's, whoa this is a... This is a cinematic... Oh, my God. I think I'm going to have to pick this one right here. Um, oh, God. Gilbog is backwards for goblins. That's right. You are being forced by the dodecahedron gods to watch Troll 2. I would scream out, Rog. However, the fact is that actually Nikki is my godson is staying over, so I have to keep it a little bit low today. Yeah. That's why we haven't been able to <laughs> scream. About and hear. Deke weeping anger would say. Yeah, had the, it was all muffled sobs, really. Oh, cr- wait, what was that? Uh, wait, Chongo, what are you doing? Chongo? Chongo, no, please. You realize that's... <laughs> oh, sh- Damn it, Chongo, why did you do that? I told you not to put that down. To put it down. Now I'm going to have to take him up and put him in the recombinator again. Why did you do that, Chongo? Chongo, sorry. Get back in your cage, Chongo. Aw, damn it. Uh, Alright, Ash, let's get him back in the recloninator. Okay, so either way... Well, let me put this recording that we have in Deeks. Well, is what is favorite quoting? Well, everything is as usual. This is the Spark and Manga Review, and... This is the virtual embodiment of Deke's memories. My favorite quote in the movie... Drawn. ...is... Hey! Hold it right there! Yes! What do you mean, yes? Yes! Is that all you can say? No! Oh, anything else? Yes! Positive and negative, huh? You're a bit. Well, where's your program? Isn't he gonna miss you? I'm your program. Another mouth to feed. This is Ash. I'm totally gonna botch this because I couldn't write it down fast enough, but it's pretty much the quote where. And what's the guy's name? Uh... The older guy. Whatever his name was. Yeah, but we don't remember his name, but he's... Now they expect some static. After all, computers are just machines. They can't think. But programs will be thinking soon. Well, that's the graph. Computers are programs will start thinking, and the people will stop. Well, I'm going to say around. But it's, I think it's pretty crazy that they could come up with that idea before computers are really big, because that's pretty much how the world's running right mm-hmm. now, and it's pretty scary. And this is your host, Zod, and my favorite quote from this movie was... I'm all in one piece. I guess I'm still with you. Oh, tell the guy with a jackhammer to lay off, please.
did you do this? Elementary physics, a beam of energy can always be diverted. Are we there yet, Mommy? So that's it for this episode, this very forward-thinking episode, which was kind of scary because they saw the future in the past, but by the way, this is Sparkin' Movie Review, and we are Gunsville. Catch you guys next time, and remember to subscribe on iTunes. Later. Jungle, put down that guitar! Jungle-like music!
end of line.